to Lifting Leaders Podcast, where we're unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Trisha Ryan, and together with Crystal Roberts, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we are exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. Hi, Trisha. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. Crystal, how about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be back together again. We had that great replay of Jack's episode. And what was fun about that was looking at our numbers, our listeners really enjoyed it as well. Oh, good. Well, yeah. you know, I have to say I missed you. And yeah, yes, missed you too. going solo is it's fun, <laughs> but it's not as fun as with you. So, you yeah. know, I'm glad you're back, but yeah. you really deserved it. You did such an awesome job on that celebration. And I just want to Thank congratulate you. you right up front. Thank it was you. it was fun. It was informative. I thought it was a really great day of learning and insights. And I just, I enjoyed every minute of it. And you did it. Okay. I had a great team, though. Yeah, I had a great team. Takes a great leader. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was really fun, and yeah, I was really pleased on how it turned out, and um, exhausted all weekend. So so glad to have that. Um, Can't understand why. <laughs> behind us, but I'm glad to be back with our with uh, our listeners today. And you just heard someone giggle in the background, and so we Yay. are so excited to have one of our dear friends with us and colleague in community. Um, our Hudson community, um, and this is Leah Fleischner, and we're so excited. Welcome, Leah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I, I guess I did a little pre-giggle. <laughs> That's because we were laughing before we got started. We're having gig- we're having fun already, and now we're going to welcome the listeners into the party. So. Giggles are good. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, we're, I'm so excited to have you because we've been talking about this for a while to have you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I really love about you is that you are really in tune to the universe. And what was kind of weird <laughs> was all of a sudden I was thinking about Leia and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to reach out. Maybe this time it'll work. And it did. It did. She had availability. um, And she's in this really cool place in her life. Mm. So um, I thought it's just going to be a really fun conversation. So we hope that our listeners enjoy it because we know we will. (laughs) We're going to enjoy it. it. (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Hudson, their model of 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 change there they call it the cycle of change or cycle of renewal and we're really excited to be able to think about this we thought it'd be really relevant as we are at this point in the year because oftentimes at this point in the year we're thinking about kind of looking back at hopes that we have fulfilled and hopes that kind of got left behind and we're starting to mm-hmm. dream and plan for 2024 mm-hmm. And so we thought this would be a helpful framework for people to look at. And one of the things, we use this a lot with our clients. And mm-hmm. when we talk about it, a lot of people, at least my clients, have said, oh, now I understand a little bit more about how I'm feeling and why. And it sort of normalizes it. So we thought, well, let, let's maybe unpack that a little bit. 
But before we dive into that, I want to share a little bit about Leia so you know who we're talking with. So she is passionate about purpose-driven leadership. She has a career interlaced in the convergence of business, technology, and social responsibility, which provides her with unique perspective as an executive coach and facilitator. Leia's career took root in in the dynamic landscape of startups and emerging technology, where she led ventures that sought sustainable solutions for global impact. Mm -hmm. And I love that because she's just such a great partner and sort of sister in our endeavor of making a better world. So I love that. She's worked globally, designing employee engagement experiences, implemented cross-culturally in the U.S., China, New Zealand, Mm -hmm. India, and beyond. And honestly, when I was reading through this, we were talking about what should be in the bio, and you were so generous saying, oh, you can cut whatever you want. But I have to say, I actually learned a lot about you, and I was like, I'm not cutting anything. <laughs> and this you is know fabulous. <laughs> and we know each other for years, right? <laughs> so, of course, we know that that uh, she holds an executive coaching certification from Hudson, and that's where we first met. And over the years, Leah has refined her expertise in guiding foundations and organizational leaders, equipping them with the confidence to navigate the complexities of leadership today. And boy, don't we know it. You know, I was just yesterday teaching a change management class, and we were talking about how it is so different to lead. There's certainly foundational things that are true, but what we're asking of leaders is is different than what it was 10 years ago. Yes, it is. Yeah. So her dedication to pushing past the status quo and breaking down constructs is evident when she guided global leaders in strategic implementations of contact tracing and other COVID-19 business policies so organizations could keep their employees safe and their businesses open during the pandemic. And I mean, what a great way to make a better world, right? It was so important. She's worked with prominent organizations such as the International Monetary Fund, Nike, MetLife Foundation, Blackstone Foundation, and Dell. As a facilitator, Leah possesses numerous certifications, most notably as a Leaders of Next Innovation Experience and a Think Wrong Design Thinking Practitioner. She underscores her mastery of cutting-edge techniques and strategies that help leaders and organizations navigate and excel in an ever-changing environment. She emphasizes the integration of emerging technologies, especially in the realm of AI. And I know that that's part of what you'll talk a little bit about, but I love that you bring this knowledge and understanding, at least as much as we can, right, <laughs> at this point about <laughs> AI. It's, it's something we all really need to understand. And how to practice intention and manage fear, often embedded in digital transformation. Most recently, Leah completed Leadership Circles Conscious Leadership Certification, teaching new practices that employ empathy, presence, and intuitive communication while supporting leaders on the path to a higher level of consciousness and leadership. Leah brings leaders of all levels along on a transformative journey, ensuring that your organization's most valuable assets, its people, are aligned and expanding their potential. Wow. Yeah, I know. It was uh, worth it, right? Yes. I, it was worth it to, <laughs> to spend a little time, and I'm sorry if we embarrassed you, but what I think for me that really strikes me too, and if you're following us on social media, we'll put our picture on there. And of course, we'll put Leah's headshot too. But what you'll notice is she's incredibly young as well. Yes. So incredibly accomplished, <laughs> but also, you know, it, you've done so much in such a short amount of time. So that is so impressive to me as well. So you're you're not in the age category of Trisha. <laughs> 
the end of our career. You're still really at the beginning. So, well, um, I, yeah, love I that. love the threads that are going through all of this. Mm-hmm. Too. You may have gone from one type of industry to another, but but your focus is similar. And I yeah. I love that because it's telling me that you are kind of following your passion, or at least you are following a passion that can evolve into something even more. And I, I have a feeling that we're going to hear a little bit about that today as well. Yeah, so anything before we kind of jump into this Hudson model, anything that you want to say as kind of opening thoughts? Sure. Well, uh, thank you. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, re- having someone read your bio is, is, is always an interesting ex- out-of-body yeah. <laughs> experience. <laughs> Just be quiet uh, while we talk about you, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and what's funny is that bio is actually... Um, um, written through AI through ChatGPT, oh. so um, you know you can um, you can utilize it in a lot of different ways. Um, I think I think writing a bio is one of those things that we all struggle with, um, and I think part of the reason why is because you're talking about yourself and your accomplishments, and um, yeah, so that's positive, negative, depending on who you talk to. But that was um, I think I put in my what what mattered to me my purpose and and what I've done and then through a few iterations something like that came up um but beautifully yeah it's been oh (laughs) thank you well I I did edit it a little bit it wasn't fully I'm not going to give chat dbt full credit but you know, I think that like my my experience and and what's not in my bio, which I think is a big part of my story and who I am, is yeah. that um, you know I am a, a daughter of an entrepreneur. Um, my my come from my parents have a third generation, or they sold it, but they had a ger- third generation jewelry store. So I grew up with um, the family business being very much a family business, and you know sitting at the dinner table, hearing my mom and dad discussing the financial side of the business, the, you know, employee management side of the business. And, um, you know, my sister and I have spent a lot of years at the jewelry store, Hmm. cleaning cabinets, you know, inventory, (laughs) which by the way, jewelry inventory, like little tiny pieces of beads and jewelry having to, having to keep track of those things. And so I think that through that, I really, um, saw how how much leaders have to hold yeah. and business owners have to hold and how the the veil between personal and professional is is just that it's a veil it's very thin and yeah um yeah so that's a big part of you know how i think i was drawn to entrepreneurship drawn to supporting leaders um yeah so i think that's mm-hmm. a big part of my story I love that. And I love that your parents modeled that for you. Yes. Yeah. It's so I think some of us that I've seen more of a sort of corporate model, it's even it's hard to actually envision what does it mean to be an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. to that's just kind of like a n- normal way. It's not scary or risky. Uh, of course, there's always risk involved, but it's just as risky to put your whole all your eggs in one basket in a corporate setting as well because they can let you go at any moment so um well there's so much unknown you know if you're not raised in that that's what i love about your story is that it you know you were raised in this so you even though you you had to pick up on it you had to be the one that that 
put the the pieces together to make it make sense for you. But um, you know, like I was raised in the military. Yeah. And so I had no, <laughs> or government, right? And so I had no yeah. idea what being an entrepreneur was like at all. Yeah. And I still struggle with that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> My parents were in education. Mm-hmm. So another one of those sort of like you always have a um, a paycheck. And mm-hmm. um, although I, I saw some of the downside of not having control over your life, um, where other people can like lay you off and things like that. Right. So I right. lived yeah. that. But yeah, I love yeah. that. And now you here you are, right? A really successful entrepreneur yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think I think too, just to to touch on the the family business or even small business side, um, you know, since it was a family business and it was th- three generations, there was mm. also this really strong aspect of legacy. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, when leading a, an organization, it was I'm from um a small town in Arkansas called Hot Springs. And, you know, it was the jewelry store, a main jewelry store in the town. And, Mm. um, you know, there was just this family legacy. And I think that that's true in in a family business, but I think that that's true in any sort of leadership (laughs) experience. And and I think we're all looking to, in some way, leave some sort of legacy of, you know, on this earth, on this planet, Mm -hmm. you know, make our imprint. And so I think that that is a big part of what I got to see firsthand and and see it lived in this very intimate way that was tied to my DNA, like to my family. Yeah. Um, It's interesting. You, you know, I love that you branched out, but you know, you took the the gifts that you got from there, you know, from your upbringing, but I'm wondering how compelling was it that you might follow in your family's footsteps and go into jewelry yourself at that time. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, um, so I have an older sister and we both, um, she, she and I have different careers and we both chose not to, to carry on the family business for, for different reasons. But, um, I did not, I will be totally honest. I, I was not drawn to carrying on the, the family business. And I think, and it was, it was more because of the business itself, like it was a jewelry business. And I just, I didn't, I didn't feel as, as drawn to that. I have always been very drawn to people and I was a psychology anthropology major in college. And I, I think that like, and that's probably if there's anything to see in my, in my bio, it's like this, this strong desire to understand people more and, Mm -hmm. and help people understand each other more. And that's actually, you know, a big part of my story as well. My, um, so I'm, I'm Jewish and my dad's side of the family is Jewish and born and raised. Um, my dad's from Arkansas, but most of my family's from, um, on his side of the family is from the Northeast, from, you know, New York, Connecticut, that area. And, and first, you know, came from Russia, Germany before that. And, um, my mom's side is from, um, rural Arkansas. And Mm. so, you know, as a kid, I would go, up to especially during Christmas time because my parents had a retail business and we got out of school really <laughs> you know really early especially in Arkansas and so they were like what are we going to do with our kids like this is the busiest time of year so they would send us to the east coast to mm. like New York City Upper East Side to spend time with my cousins up there and then we would go 
almost like next to each other, like week to week, we'd go to rural Arkansas mm. and spend time with my grandparents um, and celebrate. Uh, well, we, we were Jewish, but we celebrated Christmas. Or we had like a Christmas celebration with my grandparents, um, which we really, which I really treasured. And so it's funny, it was a different time period, but now there's so much divisiveness in our mm -hmm. world and those cultures specifically. And I got to see them really mm -hmm. coexist and, um, yeah. and see the sort of values between them. And I think that's a big part of, you know, why I do what I do, what I'm drawn to is sort of understanding different cultures and people and helping leaders you know, lead those different cultures and, and people. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Um, gosh. And there's, we could really un go down that path and unpack that quite a bit too, <laughs> yes. couldn't we? And so that might came, come up as well. I'm going to sure. uh, sort of direct us into the cycle of renewal and the Hudson, that Hudson model that I talked about at the beginning. And we can kind of unpack maybe some of our stories mm -hmm. as we talk about that model. So this model is brought to us by the Hudson Institute of Coaching and based on a lot of research. And there's four quadrants, and we'll actually put the, a link to this in our show notes. The first quadrant is go for it. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But basically, this quadrant is really about when things are going really well for you. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of alignment between what you're doing, what your values are. You feel like you're fulfilling your purpose. The interesting thing about this one, I think, is that it tends to be where we think we should be all the time. Mm. <laughs> and if we're not there, then there's something wrong with us. That's right. And I think one of the things that this model helps us understand is that it's equally okay to be in any one of the quadrants. And in fact, we go through this, the whole cycle many times in our career. So, and also that it can be separated both from work, our career and our personal life. So we can be in different places on this based on if we're looking at it through the lens of our our. Uh, personal life or our work life. That's right. And I think we need to remember, you know, when, when we're talking about the cycle of renewal that we're talking about life here, you know. So, yes, you can be in one place in your business. You could be in two places in your business depending on, you know, mm -hmm. what you do and or more than one, let's say. And certainly in your life as well, there may be different aspects of your life where you kind of are, you know, teetering in one spot and maybe moving into another or whatever. And that's perfectly okay. We are where we are, right? Yep. You have to meet yourself where you are. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with being in any of these. They all have they all have some major purpose that's gonna move us hopefully in another direction or give us some some grounding and understanding about ourselves. When the more we understand ourselves, I think the better better we are when we are going through these life changes and things. So yeah. So sometimes with this one, though, and oftentimes, when we're really in go for it, we can be really busy and can sometimes can lead to burnout if we're not taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that we want to be aware of and go for it. And I think this is actually where I'm at right now. I've spent time in a lot of these other quadrants, uh, for sure. And it's certainly getting to go for it. Again, I went through 
and we'll talk about what those other quadrants are. Um, but I notice for myself that I have to be really, really conscious about my energy because I do love what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I love the impact I'm having on my clients. I'm loving the impact um, that I have through the International Coaching Federation, the Washington State Chapter. All of that sucks me in. And I find, and I love the podcast. So that's another thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to be really careful that I'm also aware of the other relationships in my life. Am I spending enough time there? Is that, am I sacrificing some of those other things to really be so career focused? Mm -hmm. So it just some of some things to think about with that. And I'm, I'm trying really hard to be better at taking breaks and making sure that I'm you know, making healthy choices and getting enough sleep mm -hmm. and exercising and all that stuff, which supports keeping me there in that go for it. And I hate to kind of get away from Hudson for a second, but it, it does remind me also of Marcus Buckingham. Because mm -hmm. when you're in go for it, to me, it's that it is that love and work moment where, you know, you forget your time, you forget about time, you're having a good time, you're, you've got all sorts of energy, your batteries completely recharged or charged every single time and and at, when you're first in that that phase it's like wow you know i there's nothing that could go wrong i'm having a win i'm you know i'm experiencing my high whatever but but mm -hmm. you can't do that forever right mm -hmm. it it could take its toll because that's a lot of energy and no matter how much you feel like your battery is charged you do that for a long period of time in your battery starts to drain it yeah back, right yeah gotta and, take breaks yeah yeah kind of moves you into another phase which is called hmm, i hate this the name of this phase but <laughs> it, it is what it is right it's called the doldrums <laughs> and it's um it's about our disenchanted self in a way and i feel like um i'm i'm not sure i agree with all the words that go with it but i will say that I am in that space right now. I've been doing the kind of work I've done for a really, really long time, and I do love it. I have a lot of passion for it, and I do love the podcast, and I think I'm kind of in, definitely, and go for it when it comes to that. But, but you can only do, I think, what you do for a certain period of time, and if things don't change or you don't see any progression or you don't see um, other people getting on board with what you're doing, sometimes that can can be kind of disenchanting. Yeah. And so um, I think for me, it's, I don't feel like, I don't feel sad or angry or anything, but I certainly feel sometimes restless. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's got to be more going on. And maybe I, at that point, I'm starting to think, what's wrong with me that I'm not living in go for it, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. I do love what I do. But um, it's, I've done enough cycles of this in different organizations over my career that I start out and go for it. And when it gets to doldrum, often that's when I start saying, okay, where do I need to go next? Mm -hmm. Without looking at what do I need to do differently next? It is where do I need to go next mm -hmm. with the intention of using the same skills, doing the same thing. And maybe I haven't taken a deep enough dive sometime to, to really think about what else do I need to do that is not what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And um, so right now I'm sort of getting kind of close to deep diving into the next phase. Yeah. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to like introduce the next phase, but I think we have someone else who might be able to, to share that <laughs> as well. And the, the next phase is um, cocooning. 
you know. And, you know, if you think about cocooning, that's where you are all encapsulated and you're able to just concentrate on one thing. It's quiet. It's calm. Everything is, you know, somewhere else, right? And you have that moment where you can, or a lot of moments, hopefully, where you can reflect on what's going on. It's also kind of a recovery phase. Mm -hmm. And I spent a fair amount of time when my mom passed away. I felt I spent a fair amount of time in cocooning because it wasn't just that she passed away. It was like my whole life changed, Mm -hmm. right? And I wasn't sure what my life looked like anymore. So I had to kind of do that to find myself, right? Um, But yeah, it's, it's more of that meditative moment just doing a lot of self-reflecting and that can help when you jump into the the doldrums and or not jump into if you find yourself in the doldrums and you really are trying to make some kind of lasting change I think it's important at least for me to go into cocooning and it's not a bad place to be it's actually it's very comforting in a way Mm -hmm. I really I I feel like I'm I'm actually looking forward to moving in that direction pretty soon yeah. One one thing just to uh, make note is oftentimes we go from go for it to doldrums and we can make a small shift. Mm-hmm. It can we can maybe get some new training or take on a, a bit of a shift in a job or a new project. Sometimes it's changing companies, which will be enough change to push us back into go for it. And so it's really common for people to go in that cycle for quite a while. And they call that a mini transition from go for it to doldrums. But after so many of those, we'll notice that even when we're making those shifts, it's not enough. It's not enough. We just can't get that energy back. Mm. And we've really got to do that deep dive like you were talking about. We've got to look a little more introspectively and, and do that cocooning. Thanks. Yeah. I, I'm glad you called that out. I, yeah. I was I didn't adequately say that, but that's exactly what when I moved from business to business, it's it was always put me right back in the go for it phase because yeah. there's energy around it. You're in a new world. You've got new people, new stuff, you yeah. know, new focus and and it's fun. It's actually really fun to do that for a while, but you can only do that so many times and then it's sort of like, okay, where do I go next? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Leah, what about you? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that um, I don't think anyone's necessarily a big fan of the doldrums phase, but <laughs> no. it's such a necessary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's such a. There's so much information in the doldrum phase of like for us of what's not working or what's out of alignment, and you can't have the other faces without it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm been doing this uh this dance for those who can't see me i'm like kind of wavering back <laughs> she and forth is between, she's uh, wavering back and forth <laughs> <laughs> yep proof um <laughs> between the cocooning and getting ready phase um i spent most most of the summer and and probably i think personally i'm still a little bit in cocooning um professionally i think i'm in the getting ready I, I think that the cocooning phase is really an interesting phase and it and it is very much going inward and going deep. I, I also feel like it's the phase that externally, you know, people around you are uncomfortable with. And yeah. so thus sometimes we can be uncomfortable being in cocooning and just it, because you're just being, you're yeah. in this being place yeah. and, and recovery, I think is a good word. I think uh, reflecting and, um, it can feel really comfortable. It can also feel, I, I think it can feel uncomfortable because, but it's, 
it's such a present place. You're really staying in the present moment of where you are. And so there's a lot of power within that, that time period. Um, yeah. So I, I, um, I think that the cocooning phase is, um, I, I feel like you, know, you mentioned my, my youth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has probably been the most significant cocooning, cocooning that I've, I've done in my life so far, yeah. um, my adult life. And, um, I think that in that, in that period, it's also really shown me a lot of where I was out of alignment previously and how out of alignment I was, um, personally. And, and I think even professionally and, um, and so it's, it's, I feel like there's a lot of gifts that have come from, from the doldrums <laughs> that, that have led me to the cocooning. Like that, that's been one of my big insights of being a cocooning is, Oh, like that, everything that happened before was meant to show me what it feels like to not be connected to myself mm. and being in cocooning has shown me what it feels like to be connected to myself again for mm. the first time in a long time. Yeah. And, 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 who is this person now? How has she changed from being in the doldrum phase? Um, and I think that sometimes, you know, we talk about this from the, uh, the, the leader, the personal perspective, but I think that there's also sort of a global <laughs> perspective here of where we are as a world and, yeah. and what phase we're in and, and how we're, and how we, where we go internally and how we practice our own um, individual phases, how that can affect uh, the world as well. Um, and so with that, that's kind of what I've been thinking about in my career and, and where I feel like I'm really in the getting ready place is, you know, I've had my coaching, coaching and consulting business for five or six years now. And, um, you know, I feel like the first few years, and for the, speaking of entrepreneurship, I was very much in a whoever will have me, take me, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready, you know, and now I'm much more in a place of who do I want to work with? Who do I want? Who, who are the people that I want to help um, lead? What, what's my voice in all of this? What, what, what matters to me? And um, how do I help create the world, the leaders the world needs by being that type of leader myself? Mm. Um and, and so that's really been a part of my getting ready phase. And I think it is very exploratory. I think it is very future oriented, which can feel very, um, or can feel kind of, I can feel a conflict between the cocooning phase and the part of me that wants to stay very present and grounded in that and the future oriented part of me that's like, okay, well, let's just like go explore. Um, you know, you, you all know I'm currently here and, in Colorado, I, I'm usually based in, in Austin, Texas, and have been, I've been in Austin for 11 years. And it's, um, you know, it's a beautiful place. And it's a beautiful city. And, and I feel like my time there um, might be transitioning. I've been exploring other places to live. And, and so it's, it's exciting. It's also, um, I think getting ready can sometimes feel a little bit ungrounding yeah. at times. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that it's a it's a really interesting phase to be in to be sort of straddling those two worlds. But it's it's awesome when you're talking about that 
self-reflection and and you know trying to get your grounding it's it's almost as if what you're coming out of it with is um, a greater sense of intention you know and and mm-hmm. what you want when you're talking about you know who do I want to work with it's it much more it sounds much more intentional than you know anybody come and yeah, I'll coach you yeah. I'll, I'll be you know and and I think that happens to a lot of young coaches, or and I don't mean young in age, but young in our experience, right? That in the beginning we think That's I'm going to coach me. everybody. We yeah. don't. We're not even sure what a niche is. <laughs> you know, yeah. I re- I remember yeah. when someone said, "Well, what's your niche?" and I went, "I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about." <laughs> you know, uh, people. <laughs> so this is. I think that's. Yeah. Um, that's lovely because it gives you some direction at least, you know, with intention, you can, you can take what you're learning in cocooning and, and move it forward with experimentation, right? Experimenting around it. And I know you've been experimenting for a while because mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. known you as long as you've known Crystal, but I think you've been experimenting the whole time I've known you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I am a bit of a, like, you know, I like to try different things and, and I, I, um, I like transformation. I like, I, I do like change. I feel like it's like become a very familiar part of my life. I think that what I've learned in, in my experience with, with this is how much like prep. And, and I think that that's the one thing I will say, and, and maybe that's something we could talk about too, is how, yeah. what's the, what's the sort, sort of underlying value that we all learn in these different phases that we can actually kind of bring, connect to, no matter what phase we're in, because I think that the cocooning phase is so much about, for me, it was so much about the value of presence mm-hmm. and the value of connecting to yourself and to your intuition and to your desires and what you really want and who you are now. And I think that like, you know, as a coach, when we sit in front of someone and on our present in our bodies and present in, in that moment in time with that other person, we can also kind of connect to them in a different way. And, Mm -hmm. and so I, I just, um, I think that that's been a big part of my realization through this is, you know, permission to connect to myself and to trust that, trust what, what, what's coming out in that moment. And that will inform the, uh, the next steps And, and, and will inform how I engage with people. And, you know, we've all, setting world coaches. So we've sat in front of leaders who are in all of these different phases and are having to lead while they're in them and staying in the, in the head and not connecting to their body. And, um, you know, those are some of the things that you learn in cocooning and that, that help you to move to the, to the next phase. I think that's so important. And to be able to, you kind of said, I don't know if the word was justify, but Um, to be okay with the pause. I see that cocooning Mm. is such, it's that intentional pause and to trust, like you just said, to trust that the answers will come and through intentional uh, reflection and journaling, thinking about how do I heal and how do I just sit in this moment and be okay with that Mm. and not have always to be in that drive, 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 which is, you know, our society really supports that, encourages that, right? More, more, more drive, drive, drive. And 
that you you won't be able to discover the answers for your next step unless you actually take that pause mm-hmm. and uh, and do the reflection yeah. and the introspection. And I think that word trust is so important that we'll know when it's time to move forward, when that phase is over. It comes to us rather than us making a decision. We can literally feel it. And I loved how you were talking about in our body. We can feel it in our body. It's like, oh, I can feel this alignment happening. I can feel the energy coming back. And then I have more resources Mm -hmm. within me to be able to do the experimentation that comes in that next phase around getting ready and to take the time to actually kind of continuing that pause in a way to say, I'm going to try some things out before I make a decision and dive all back in to the drive, drive, drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that you actually, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I I think that you actually um, said it earlier, Crystal, when you were talking about the go for it, that, which I think is so true that, you know, it's the phase that we all think that we're supposed to be in. And I think that some of the mistakes that we make is that we, um, you know, that's how we end up back in the doldrums so quickly because we rush through the cocooning and getting ready phase. And, and then all of a sudden we're like, Oh wait, like, I thought that this was it. And I'm a hundred percent guilty of this as well. So I, it's yeah. not, this is not coming from like a self-righteous place. This is like, you know, and I think that that's part of the the learning is like, wait a second. And, and how do we, you know, it's such a, we're in such a urgent world, a world of urgency and, yeah. and um, leaders feel that and, and the people they manage feel that. Yeah. And but it's such a critical part to go through this reflection phase yeah. to connect to your purpose and, and to what you want to go forth with. What's worth it? I think you you actually used yeah. the word legacy before. It's like what is worth it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, staying in one of staying and go for it, perhaps you often we don't have to take a look at our own authenticity and all of that. It kind of takes a hit sometimes because we're so excited or we're having such Mm -hmm. a good time and we're moving forward. But it's not until we get into doing some self-care, you know, some self-reflection and that pause and all the things we're talking about. It's that's when we hopefully can reconnect and connection's a big deal for me. I just think it's it is so important. I can't serve others if I don't have that connection. And I can't connect if I'm not connected to myself, if I'm not, you know, right with mm-hmm. myself, right? But I also can see how um, living in doldrums and, and go for it a lot, it sometimes I kind of lose sight of that authentic self. And so I have to, I have to reconnect with that. Yeah. Um, just to see where it is. When I feel like I'm being authentic, I find it a lot easier to move between the phases. Yeah. So we would encourage our listeners as we, we will do ourselves to think about where are you in this chapter, this life chapter? Are you in the go for it? And what does that mean for you? Are you in the doldrums? Are you cocooning? Or are you getting ready? And when we th- when you think about your planning for 2024 it's okay yes. not to be and go for it maybe part of your plan for 2024 is to spend some time pausing and cocooning and thinking about what's next for me 
not having to have the answers on January 1st about this is where I'm going and this is the whole plan. But, <laughs> but it's more about exploration. Yeah. We're going to explore. We're going to think. We're going to spend some time in a pause. And, and enjoy those moments. I mean, yeah. sometimes they're not they don't feel very comfortable in the moment because, you know, you've maybe not been there or you've never recognized that you were there before. But but just stop for a second and, and reflect on where you are and and appreciate that moment because what you're what you're gonna gain from that by just really doing a deep dive and thinking about where you are and, and reflecting on what that means to you and, and how that impacts you and how it impacts others and what what could the what could be but Think about where you are right now and enjoy that and appreciate that because that's who we are. This is yeah. this is life on earth, right? And it is it is what gets us to be those amazing people that we are. Yeah. You know? And and that's what it takes. It takes reflection. It takes some self work. And that's what this is all about is self work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what yeah. brings the happiness. I- yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, and I think too, um, just to share as far as like constructs and those kinds of things that I I like to to challenge a bit is, you know, the new year is. I mean, time is a bit of a construct, and yeah. to be in the go for it phase in a in winter, if we're just following nature, yeah. is somewhat yeah. like counter. Just from a from a physical body perspective is somewhat counterintuitive. And if you are in that phase, that's awesome. But like, you know, if you're following the flow of nature, like, you know, winter is a time of reflection and yes. hibernation. And um and so there there I say that because I think there there's a lot of different ways of of looking at how how we go about doing things and, and mm-hmm. where we're supposed to be. I mean, if you were in New Zealand right now, you'd be going into summertime. So yeah, right. <laughs> just to say that this is necessarily the time period that you're supposed to be like planning your whole year and 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 all of that kind of pressure. I mean, technically in Judaism, the, the Jewish New Year is in September, October. So, mm. you know, there's a lot of different ways to to see the start of a new year. And it can be a very personal one. Yeah. Um, and maybe it just starts with reflection and going from there. Yeah. I love that you brought the nature piece up. Just yesterday, we have this beautiful tree in our front yard. And I was noticing just like I felt like it happened like in three days, all the leaves came off and they're all over the ground. And it was just beautiful. I took a picture of it, but I was actually literally watching some of them flutter to the ground. And Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, it's such a important reminder it's like this time of year for me anyway connecting to the the flow of nature like what is it Mm -hmm. that I need to let go of in order to move on Mm -hmm. like sometimes we get so enamored especially I was like loving all the beautiful color in the leaves and now they're on the ground so I was feeling a little bit like oh that tree let go (laughs) of all of these things like what do I need to let go of sometimes it's hard to let go of things but it it is through the letting go that we are able to actually have the green sprouts again and the beautiful um, rebirth. So, yeah. And being a winter girl, I actually am looking forward. And when I see the leaves, when I see the leaves fall, it's almost like a getting ready moment because <laughs> I love winter when it's yeah. cold and brisk and all that. I'm just 
I'm in my element, right? So I don't know. It just depends on where we are, right? <laughs> Wherever you are, that's where you are. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So we have some questions that we would like to run by you, Leah. Um, these are questions that we have asked all of our um, wonderful guests before you, and it is in support of our research we're doing on the topic of hope. And we hope you'll indulge with us here a little bit. And so I've got a couple questions. Uh, The first one is, where do you see signs of hope in the world today? Mm. I see a lot of signs of hope in the the shift of our culture, at least in, in the U.S. and 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 in in the well, in a lot of places actually, in in the connection of like feelings and the body and, um, you know, I think just what I was sharing, Ranka Kooning, like I in the inner reflection piece, I think a lot of people with what's happening in the world are connecting to their own personal sovereignty mm-hmm. and. I see a lot of hope in um, rather than focusing on like how a leader can change the external world or how, you know, things can get better. It's like, how do I make myself better? How do I make myself um, and and, and being open to uh, practices that I don't know, I'm like that maybe in the nineties and eighties weren't as mainstream that are more, more mainstream now, like meditation and, and, um, you know, body awareness, somatic awareness and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And that kind of healing. Yeah. And coaching, right? right. <laughs> Even coaching. It's like yeah, huge, it's right? Exactly. Coaching. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So how do you sustain hope in yourself? Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that I had a, an experience this summer where I learned a new meditation practice that has, because I, I was, I was in a place where I wasn't, I I was in a place earlier this year that I felt pretty hopeless and, um, and, and left that, that situation, uh, because, because of that. And that wasn't very aligned to me. And, um, this summer I had an opportunity to go to Sedona to a really wonderful place. It's not an advertisement, but, um, Mm -hmm. called the, um, Mago Retreat Center, which does, um, Tao-based uh, meditation practices and healing work, and I learned a new meditation practice that's very somatic, connected, and connecting the body, mind, and spirit. And um, it's really helped me connect to uh, the sort of oneness of all mm. living things and the universe. And uh, that that spiritual practice has really helped me stay uh, hopeful and. And I think that it's actually really helped me stay present. Mm. And I think that's where hope comes from me. It's just Mm. staying in the present. Yeah. Yeah. How do you engage or inspire others to be hopeful? Mm. That's a good question. I I, I think, I mean, I know I mentioned this before, but I think it really does come from staying present in myself. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. as a coach, like I do different practices before coaching to really connect to my body and connect to um, not trying to like, which we we all know about this from a coaching perspective, but like, you know, not trying to force value. And Mm -hmm. the more I can stay present in myself, the more that's, that's possible. I also feel like, uh, you know, I mean, even just how you guys reach out to me and like living 
my own truth of where I am right now and, and not really, um, and accepting that it might make others uncomfortable <laughs> that I, you know, yes. that I am sort of choosing to, um, explore where I want to live and, and explore, um, you know, and, and, and lead my career in a certain way. And, and, uh, you know, I think that the more we can act in connection to our, our authentic selves and our purpose, uh, the more that we empower others to do that. Like the mm-hmm. purpose is, I think we think of purpose as, as legacy of like, oh, like I went and started this company and that's my purpose. And it's like, well, actually like purpose is how we make others feel through mm-hmm. what we do. Yeah. Um, I good. believe. Yeah. So, yeah. So if we're looking at you and you're looking forward, right? What are some (laughs) exciting things that are on the horizon for you? What's next? Mm. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, this is such a funny thing, but I'm, I'm redoing my website to be more like in my brand and all those kinds of things to be more aligned to me (laughs) and then to attract people that will be aligned to that. And um, I'm working on like a program around, uh, through that and a business offering around like permission to lead with purpose and helping leaders connect to that, helping organizations mm-hmm. connect to their purpose, their mission, their values. And I'm really excited to, to see that through and see where that, where that takes me. Um, I'm really excited to see where I'm going to live next because <laughs> mm-hmm. that is a very open-ended question, which I know you all, mm-hmm. I got to see both of you this summer when I was exploring the Pacific Northwest yeah. and now I'm in Colorado and I'm not sure yet what's going to be the next location. But, um, speaking of trust, like it's, it's been this very much a practice of trust of, and, and, and it's so interesting because things have really unfolded. I mean, the place that I'm staying in, in Colorado is just, it's incredible. And it, I have like a panorama view of the mountains mm-hmm. and it just sort of showed up and was a, a great place to live. And so, um, you know, I'm excited to just continue to trust that and, um, and see who I get to collaborate with. I mean, yesterday around this time, I didn't know I'd be doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. So, and I'm thrilled to be doing this with you, you both. I mean yeah. that sincerely. I don't know if I wasn't supposed to say that, but uh, I mean it sincerely. I just, um, I think that's a big part of what can happen if you trust. Yeah. You never know yeah. what, what can appear. Yeah. Well, thank you for for coming and spending time with us today, and especially, yes, on such short notice. And Oh, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> oh, no, but ser- just being open, right? We were both sort of like tuning yeah. in to what was coming to us, and um, yeah. and, it, and it, it turned out so beautifully. But also, I just wanted to say thank you for inspiring me when you were talking about that, um, how you how do you inspire hope in others? I I see the courage. I don't, you haven't named it that way, but I think you live a courageous life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even though I'm not going to start living in different places, I'm very much <laughs> connected here. I can still feel your energy, that spirit of adventure and exploration and being open to things that, you know, it just opens up possibilities, I think. And so... Um, I just wanted to thank you for that, for you are an inspiration. Just the way you lead your own life um, is an inspiration. 
I, I love that. And I'm so glad you were here. You, you're just such a delight. I, you know, I, I do feel the friendship, but I also, I just think it's wonderful having this connection. And to Crystal's point, I think I, I do feel your energy as well. I think it's a real positive energy. But what I also sense in that is a calm. And yeah. it's like yeah. as, as you're moving through this journey that you're on right now, it's, it's almost as if it's okay. You know, everything is okay. Yeah. And no matter what the next is, it's okay. And I love that because there's so many people that are afraid to take that, those small brave moves, if you will, yeah. or those, those brave moves because of just fear, what will happen. The unknown is just too unknown for them. And what you're doing is you're providing an example to people of what, mm -hmm. what it can be like if you just take that first step and yeah. and it you don't melt and you don't internally combust right mm -hmm. it's you're yeah. actually enjoying the journey and i love that you've taken us on it a little bit today yeah. thank you yeah thank you so much for joining us thank you both it was so wonderful and thank you for your compliments um it i just want to share it 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 i it, it has been positive and it, and i appreciate that it's calm and also like you know it's um you you can't have the calm without having the the challenges as well. Yeah, and right. so I just, I want to share that because I think that's an important part about following your purpose and, and doing those kinds of things is that, you know, it's life is, life can be challenging. Like, yeah. and, and so that's the, 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 um, the guarantee is uncertainty, right? Like that's yes. like, you know, that's the guarantee that we have is yes. that things will be, that, that things are somewhat out of our control. Mm -hmm. And so if we can understand that and also be willing to, you know, step into what our, our soul wants or our soul purpose wants and, and somewhat practice detachment, which I am not the best at, but like yeah. <laughs> trying to practice that, um, that's a part of it as well. I just, I just think that's an important thing to share is, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to promote like a Instagram, square version of my life that's yeah. just yeah. one thing it's, yeah. it's all it's it's um it's a journey uh but it can be you can feel a lot more in control of it if you're living it the way in alignment with yourself and, and your yeah. true desires yeah i think oh gosh i don't i wish i could um remember who actually said this so i could attribute it but i've heard many people say it but that the people that actually achieve and sort of live the life they want to live don't do it without fear. Mm -hmm. It's that they can continue, you know, and move through that fear to actually uh, do what they want to do. It's not that that they're any different from anyone else. It's just you make a choice to do it anyway, to do it with fear. Yeah, I love that. And surround yourself by people like yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. are supportive and kind and um, aligned. To yeah. That. So. And support yourself too. You were talking when we were just chatting before this about the importance of nature and how that mm -hmm. is grounding and calming and like employing those sorts of things helps you move through the, through the fear. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, and I, I wanted to say that actually, that was the other thing I wanted to say when you asked me what gives me hope. And actually I think nature gives me a lot of hope mm. being in nature. I've, I've had a lot of opportunity and that's actually a lot of what I'm seeking and, and my potential move, um, from Austin. Although Austin's a beautiful place, it's really becoming a city and, 
and um, it's becoming very hot in the summertime and hard to really be a part of nature in the summer. And and, um, I I have found in my cocooning, getting ready phase that nature has provided so much, um, like been this like warm, cozy little hammock (laughs) (laughs) to go go into and and just, um, yeah, just see what's, what's possible. It's such a, you know, lots of awe inspiring moments. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Thank And thank you for right-sizing that for, for us and for our listeners. Yeah. I think so, so important, right. That we are painting a realistic picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all perfect and Mm -hmm. rosy. No. No, no. But then again, nothing is. No, (laughs) it's It's not. That's right. Yeah. The best things are a little bit unperfect and (laughs) perfect. I love that. Yeah. All right. Thank you again so much. Thank um, you. Yeah. You're Take such care. a joy. <laughs> Take care. Yeah, you too. So was that fun or what? That was so much fun. Uh, yes. Thank you for reaching out to Leah. She is amazing. And I just I just feel like my heart gets full every time I talk to her. I know. And just to have the three of us together, that yeah. that chemistry is wonderful. I really appreciated it. And I hope our listeners got it because it is it was lovely to go to unpack something we all three know, but yeah. we all come from a little different space in it, yeah. which I thought was so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think leaders can really take away looking at this model, looking at this cycle. We can that it's okay to be anywhere, um, and that we just kind of need to trust that process a little bit. And we also can take some action, which will help us to move through that. But it's okay to be wherever you're at on that model. That's yep. I- I love what you just said about taking action. It is, there are two of those phases that are basically reflective. Yeah. And then two that are really more action oriented. Yeah. But you've got to go through the reflection, I think, to to really be able to understand and appreciate your action, right? Yeah. And see where it's going. You know, have that forward forward look at it. Yeah. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm so excited that um, we're even talking about it again because it was the foundation of our coaching. Yes. And yeah. And we don't often talk about it amongst ourselves, the two of us, you and I, yeah. but we each use it all the time yeah. in our coaching and our practices. Yeah. So it's lovely. Yeah. And maybe I'll just make that point um, too, since you brought that up about that we use it in our, our coaching practices, we certainly do. And so if you find yourself in one of, and you are right, we're all in one of the quadrants, um, but you're, you're kind of got some questions about it and you are thinking, how do I actually get the most out of where I'm at, but also help move me forward to the next one? That's what coaching is all about. We'd love to talk to you. We would just reach back out and we will be more than happy to walk you through it, walk with you, um, you know, share what we know, but help you unpack yourself a little bit. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. So let's keep that conversation going. If you have questions or comments about the show, you can find us on all our social media channels at lifting underscore leaders. We have so many exceptional podcast episodes coming up more with fantastic guests like Leah. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. If you know someone who would find this episode inspiring, share it with them, text them, email them, or take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag us at lifting underscore leaders. If you'd like to know more about us, our guests, or the show, please go to our website at liftingleaderspodcast.com. 
You'll find our show notes there as well. If you're looking for help in developing your leaders or would like a growth opportunity yourself through leader coaching, please contact us through our website at www.liftingleaderspodcast.com. Thank you to Ari Chance Roberts for his technical support of our show. And finally, please take 30 seconds and follow us. It helps you because you never miss an episode and it helps us because you never miss an episode. So to follow us, go to Lifting Leaders Podcast Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. Then just tap the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner or click on follow. While you're there, if you're willing to give us a five-star rating and review and share the episode with a friend, we'd be so grateful. Thank you, Crystal. This was wonderful. Thank you, thank Trisha. You, thank you for bringing Leah to us. This was a great, great session today. Many thanks to you, our listeners. We really do appreciate you. Find ways every day to lift each other up. Have a great week. Bye. We're going to edit that part. <laughs> I thought it was because you could hear my dog's little feet that are pattering. Oh, no. <laughs> you can hear it. Okay. <laughs>